Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about. time for Mortgage Matters. All right, everybody, good morning. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. So glad that you're with us today. Going to be a little bit unusual as we're lacking the powerful Dan Podesto. You know, he's he's usually the counterbalance. I ramble on. He provides the facts. We, we kind of try to meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, Jim always agrees with me. me the, come on, Jason. I was wondering. <laughs> I was wondering how many of the people no, that listen are uh, wanting me to talk less and him to talk I know, more. I don't know. I think uh, you're very entertaining. <laughs> you get all the Jasonisms. That's a so good I, thing. No, I think the Jasonisms and all that. So yeah, I think uh, people enjoy it. Yep. All right. Well, Dan's doing his annual Podesto. It, it used to be like a men's camp thing where the dads oh, yeah. and uncles and everybody went and sat around a campfire and mm -hmm. camped out for a few days. But I, I think they've let the girls go recently. So oh. we'll see. I don't know. Talk to him. We'll find out what happened next week. But so <laughs> anyways, he's he's out today. So I'm going to be doing the show for the next couple of hours here and going to utilize a couple of guests and... Uh, I'm pretty fired up about our first guest. I've, I've been trying to get Keith on the show for a while, and I don't know if he just was trying to stay behind the curtain or I don't, I don't Stuck know. Stuck in my cave. <laughs> Is that it? You yeah. didn't, you haven't you haven't had enough chain to make it away from the desk and get this far away. I don't know. 10 a.m. is is pushing it for me. So <laughs> yeah. Well. So many of you guys are going to be immediately uh, familiar with Keith um, and at, at least part of uh, what he does. Um, Keith is the proprietor and operator, the brain uh, of Slow County Homes, among other things. But I think that most people are pretty familiar with that site. And um, I was kind of maybe intro teasing you to Jim that Jim said, what do you do? What does Keith do? And I said, Keith <laughs> does a lot of things, but uh, basically if you've bought a house in the last few years, you've probably undoubtedly used his site or, or something from the site there. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk a lot about that and, um, and even some recent revisions that you've made to the site. So it should be pretty great. So Thanks much for coming in on a Saturday. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's uh, it's it's good to get out of the house and see see the Central Coast before noon. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> hey, so I, I guess before we dive on into all of the nitty gritty here, um, why don't you give us a, a little bit of background about uh, how you landed here on the Central Coast and and uh, what you've been up to? Okay, well. Um, Actually, I, I went to Cal Poly back in the late 70s, early 80s, and loved the area. Actually met my wife um, in a Spanish class at Poly. Oh. And um, we, uh, I was from the Bay Area, so we, we went back up there for the job world. And we vacationed down here multiple times every year since we left college. Um, got the family going, worked in high tech in Silicon Valley for 17 years with uh, at startups that were building the internet. Um, 
So that was real exciting. I was uh, one of the first 100 employees at Cisco Systems, and that was a, a thrill to be able to travel worldwide and educate people on what this internet thing was and businesses, why you want to connect to it. So, um, you know, and so after a while, I was kind of always wanted to move back down here. And in 2002, it was uh, my oldest daughter was about to go into high school and we were, okay, we're either going to make the move before she goes or wait till after our youngest gets out. And we decided on the, uh, the former. So we, uh, we moved down here in 2002 and it was really the experience of, of, of selling my house up in the Bay Area um, that got me into real estate because I was just amazed how far behind the real estate industry was with using the internet. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is 2002. I mean, it's... So at, at this time, were you planning on making a career change? Were you planning on being retired? Were you just going to get here and figure it out? What was the game plan? You know, I was, I was um, doing consulting work um, towards the end, and I was – you know, thinking of continuing that, um, and um, but you know, it was kind of like, yeah, okay, what am I going to do to keep keep busy down here? And um, um, and then I just saw the potential of of bringing, you know, an internet site um, to the area that um, I would want to use if I was buying or selling a house. Yeah. So really, that's how I got into it. Um, you know, when I was. Looking to buy my house in 2002 was kind of a similar time where, where, as of now, where inventory was pretty low. And I found a way to get into the Central Coast Regional MLS, um, a link to be able to see properties. There was actually, it was a public page, but they didn't promote it. Um, so I was on that thing constantly um, updating or refreshing it every, uh, every couple of hours while we were looking for a house. Um, and... You know, I could tell how many houses were displayed before I, uh, the last time I looked, and then I went in, and I go, oh, no, there's 17 houses now. Which one's new? And had to go through and remember which ones I've already looked at and such. So it was kind of a, a, an experience where it's like, wow, is, is this really how the real estate industry is with, with using the Internet? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I, I moved down here, um, uh, got my real estate license, and then um, started developing my website. And back then, it was just Realtor.com was the only, you know, site that was out there. And and the industry just started um, this program called IDX, which is um, Internet Data Exchange. And it's the way that uh, agents um, can uh, have the MLS searches uh, on their website. So I was one of the first in the area to get an IDX search, and that's kind of where I started building my site around. Um, to be able to provide, you know, the home search. And then um, and I started looking at ways of, you know, continuing to provide new information. And that was, uh, you know, the, the big uh, uh, challenge that even today, you know, anybody that does the Internet is the content. How do you keep it fresh and, and stuff? So um, there was this thing called blogging that uh, started to uh, get some buzzwords going around. So... Um, I started my blog in 2003, and this was way before Blogger or any other service was out there to help you do the blog. So I was just writing um, pages in HTML and and putting those up and updating the index myself. So it was kind of a manual process and such. <laughs> but guess. that was the blog. That was the start of the blog, and and you know, and that has just really helped. Um, you know, today I have over 3,000 posts now on the blog, and you know, it's just a, a good way of of 
getting new information out there and keep up to date on on uh, what uh, uh, little trends and stuff are so going on. So a few initial thoughts. Number one, I love that you're like a crossover guy because it seems <laughs> to me that's where most innovation comes from is somebody that has brought skill from another area where it's being well utilized into a field where everybody that's in it, like if you, if somebody like you didn't show up, maybe the realtors would still just be chugging along without having made the advances that that's made today. I mean, it's so different. Wes and I have talked about this uh, more than once is the really unique evolution of I think business in general, but let's talk specifically about real estate. 20 years ago, as a realtor, your value was in kind of being the keeper of the keys, the information in a chokehold. And if somebody should like to know what's available for sale, um, even just to see the list must have to get in contact with a realtor and sign some pretty exclusive commission agreements. And then all of a sudden it, it, you know, information could be sort of given at will of the realtor. And today this seems like a whole different game where you're really expected to provide a, a lot of information, a lot of valuable information and information that differentiates you from others right to the client well before your you may potentially make commission um and so it's it seems very different than it used to be oh, oh definitely it's it's i mean if you look at the um surveys uh, nar the national association of realtors does this annual buyer seller survey and it's just interesting to see how things have changed you know with just how people you know use the information and, and such but you know you're not looking at a house, you know, the two weeks before you buy it. That's not when you start your process. And it seems like now with the internet and the, the uh, access to information, you know, people are able to keep up on the market, um, you know, for years kind of to, to find out what's going on. And then when they start making that um, decision to, okay, I think we're really starting to start thinking about maybe buying or selling, you know, and then you kind of start your next phase where you're you're just accessing information more often. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely changed things in my opinion. Um, you know, I was, you know, I've always been internet in this industry. So when I came down here, you know, I heard about the MLS books, which is the way that they used to uh, right. uh, distribute the MLS listings. And actually the books were still being offered to some holdouts um, in the industry that that didn't want to go to the MLS system online um, and stuff but um, but yeah it's it's no longer that that gatekeeper that's no longer the uh, the agents are the ones that are holding the information um, and I think the way that you differentiate yourself um, is in your in your service is uh, with the information you provide clients you know and my whole thing from the get-go is, um, as I mentioned, I, I want to, um, you know, provide a site that uh, I would want if I was buying or selling. But, you know, really, if you're making this decision, this, this big financial decision to buy this house, um, you know, to me, you want to be as informed as possible. You want to make an informed yeah, decision. Yeah. So I went through this process again, and it was the first time in a while. I mean, it had been years since I bought a previous home. Um, I'm in the industry. So as you could imagine, you know, I kind of, I, I speak the language. I feel like I was going to be all right. And once I really, I was, 
I wasn't a tire kicker for long. I had a plan. I worked hard to, to get it into place. And when I was ready to pull the trigger, I was ready to jump in feet first. And um, it was a little bit exciting and a little bit scary. And, of course, whenever you um, go out and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's a little bit of cause for kind of pause and analysis. So all of a sudden I found that there I was smack dab in it. And... Um, I, of course, had great support um, from a great real estate agent, but there was a lot of questions that I had that I needed to go be able to find the answers to. And I, I used your site a lot. I get feedback all the time of folks that love your site. Um, for the home buyer and the home seller, I'm not sure that there's really any single better tool out there. Um, I was I was explaining to you a little bit yesterday. Uh, I. I felt like I was really an expert in not only what was on the market, but what was kind of staley on the market that had been there too long and maybe had some issues. I knew which properties had lendability concerns, and I knew which properties uh, were too much per square foot considering their condition. And with all of the photos now and the ways that you can get in there and compare and just click through, and um, it doesn't take long because it's it's something that uh, you get kind of obsessed with as a home buyer. Um, and my wife was doing it, of course, and we were flipping through and sending each other things. And um, it was just pretty interesting uh, how how much the information meant to me. And I, and I did find myself wondering, because uh, last time that I bought a house, uh, it wasn't that way at all. I went, uh, a buddy of mine was a realtor. I called him up and said, this is kind of my price range and my idea. And he said, well, why don't you come over on Wednesday and we'll go drive to three of them. And uh, by the end of seeing three of them, so much trust I had in him and so much uh, care he had for me. But I was really shooting blind. Not much of an idea. Surely there was more than three houses for sale <laughs> in the city, let alone my, you know, near my price range. Um but just kind of fascinating to me how um, it felt normal then and then so radically different today. And it felt normal today to be a more informed consumer and, and have so much of the information and details. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. And, and you may be a, um, a little bit different since you're in the industry of, of be able to understand a lot of the information. So sometimes, you know, the, the information can, can turn into an information overload. Sure. And, you know, and that's really where the, uh, the services of an agent today um, come in, where they can help interpret kind of what's going on if they know about the information themselves. Right. If they don't, then you're, they're in the same boat as you are, where it's like, oh, you know, what is this, all this stuff uh, uh, telling me? So it's just important these days that, um, um, you know, that when you go out and look for an agent, that you find somebody that's you know, not only gives you that personal service, but also is able to help you make sense about all the all the other information that's being fed in, into the funnel and and figure out what's important and what you need to know. Yeah, sure. Hey, uh, we need to go ahead and take the first commercial break of the segment here, and when we get back, um, want to get a little bit further into this and and talk a little bit about the market. I'm I've been. Obviously, I mean, we've been doing this show for over five years now, so we've kind of tracked it through some of its depths. And, and I'm curious to know from uh, 
I'm going to just start calling you Data King. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure there's anybody around. I think everybody's got the data, but like my problem, I get overwhelmed with the data and kind of go snow blind by it. I don't know what it means after a little while. So anyways, I'm excited to dive in and talk about that stuff. We're going to do this break and then we'll be right back. Do stay with us for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical. Like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state. State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Borrowing hundreds of thousands of dollars for a home purchase or refinance can be a stressful endeavor. And if you're like most Californians, you only get a home loan once every five years. That's why you need an experienced guide who knows the terrain and can carry the load of two mules. You need the Mortgage Sherpa, and he's only at Central Coast Lending. Let the Mortgage Sherpa lighten your load. Call Central Coast Lending today at 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Thanks for being with us. You know, I think sometimes you might have to listen to 10 or 15 minutes of a segment to, to hear Dan finally pipe in. And that, that little intro there mentioned that uh, you're listening to Dan and Jason. Dan's not here today, so. Yeah, well, we got to get this new little segments to the show and the little elements work yeah. out before Dan comes back. This That's next right. Week. Yeah, oh, I yeah. noticed how the music bed kind of fired yeah, after that. Kinda, you know, I you probably up. didn't want that, I did you? Forgot. Yeah, I probably didn't. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. It worked well, out. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So for everybody that's just tuning in, shame on you for being late, but let me get you up to speed. I got Keith Bird on the show. He's the uh, data king here. He's got Slow County Homes as the site. I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't, you will. Um, when you're transacting real estate, you'll be checking this stuff out. It's fascinating to me. Um, I, there was a house for sale in my neighborhood recently. And I just looked up the address, punched it into the iPad. Um, 
came up on your website <laughs> and uh it wasn't your listing and it wasn't patterson's listing and it wasn't uh I was actually kind of unsure how it was that it was you returning the very top result. How does this how does this work out? Well, that's with this um, this program I, I mentioned at the beginning called IDX, um, Internet Data Exchange, and it's you know the whole concept with the MLS is the sharing and, and sharing of, of listings, to meaning you know uh, someone puts a listing on the market, a listing agent, a listing broker, and you cooperate with other brokerages uh, for people to bring in the buyer to your listing. So this is really just more of an extension of that to the to the internet where you know I am um, helping to promote the other people's listings on my website um, in hopes of getting a buyer to, to bring to them and, and make a, everybody happy. So um, it's a program defined you know by the National Association of Realtors when there's some pretty hefty uh, rules and regulations that go behind it, you know, how, how often we need to uh, uh, keep the listings uh, information updated and stuff. So you don't have what happened, um, you know, before the internet kind of took off with real estate where people are using magaz real estate magazines and such. And, you know, you could put listings in there. And then the trick was if you got a listing that um, generated a lot of calls, you would just keep running that listing over and over again. Um, and it might have been, you know, pending or maybe. Oh, and sold. then just tell those up calls about other properties. Yes, maybe exactly. Should. I see. Exactly. Okay. So, um, so that's what's nice that uh, uh, you know that there are rules and regulations to make sure the data is up to date. Right. Um, and, you know, and that's really what we're seeing with um, Zillow and Trulia, who don't have direct access to the MLS data. You know, the, the if you look, go out and just Google. Uh, uh, the topic and stuff, you'll see that the accuracy is where um, their shortcomings are right now because of where they get the listing data from. Um, so, um, but yeah, you know, it, it's it's me popping up on the site. I mean, that's just a, a lot of work too of this whole game of search engine placement and search engine optimization and stuff, and just being you know on having my site for what. Uh, 11 years now or coming up on 11 years um, and doing the blog with so many pages of content just allows uh, me to have a kind of a, of a stronger foothold in the search engines than someone that just walks in with, with a, a couple pages on a website. You know, they're not going to get much uh, placement in the search engines, especially today. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I understand that you've got you want to play um, stump me since I'm the guy that never <laughs> seems to run out of things to say or um, I don't have much fear of sharing opinion. All right. Well, well, this was my uh, 3 a.m. attempt at uh, putting some questions together about the uh, what's going on in the market to hopefully uh, uh, shed some light on, okay. on where we are today. Now, before I start, let me just mention a little bit about my statistics. Um, I, I get my statistics, all my data is from the MLS listings. And this is different than other statistics companies, um, like the one the Tribune uses um, when they do their monthly article about the market. Uh, they use a company in San Diego called uh, uh, DataQuick, but um, they they get it from public records. They get their, their data for public records. And what you don't get with the public record information is really the details. And when I say details, meaning was it a foreclosure? Was it not a foreclosure? Was it an REO or bank owned? Was it a short sale? So with the MLS data, I'm able to break it down even further than what you find. So on they other just sites. know that a property transacted, but aren't they don't know 
the anything about the motivation or nature of the sale. You know, they, yeah, they don't know the they don't know the details about if it was a foreclosure or not. And I think that is a huge piece of information that, um, especially as we've gone through these last six years, sure. that's critical. So it's it's to me it's incomplete data that all these other statistics companies are using because you need to look at the foreclosure mix. And, you know, we were, you know, at 50% or above foreclosures for the last few years. And really, there's three, um, or there's four median home prices that I track. There's the non-foreclosure, there's REO, there's short sale medium home price, and then lump them all together as the all category. The all is what everybody else reports. Okay. Um, which, you know, is, is fine, but it really doesn't give you a, a really good, um, you know, pulling back the covers and really see what's going on market. Because now as the foreclosure mixes is changing, meaning we're getting less foreclosures, um, those medium home prices have, if you go look at the, the, the uh, charts on my, uh, on my site in, in my uh, interactive tool, you'll see that the median home prices, you know, the, the non-foreclosures are higher and then it, that drops about 10% in most areas and that's just short sale median home price and then 10% below that, that's the REO medium home price. So you had these three kind of being all put into this one lump of, of the all category, but now that the foreclosure mix is changing and there's less foreclosures, um, you know, you're weighing more heavily on the non-foreclosure medium home price, which is the higher one. So, of course, it's going to drag up the all uh, medium home price just because there's fewer of the lower-priced REOs and short sales going in the mix. So when the headlines report that, oh, uh, the medium home price has jumped, you know, 17%, you really don't know because they don't, you know, have that, that next uh, detail look, you don't know if that um, percentage increase is due because of house values going up or because there's just less foreclosures in the mix. Right. So it's really important to kind of see. You know, I always that. feel like I, I wish that the media at large did a better job of tracking that because I think it's a little bit misleading. And the, the trouble is, is that it's, it's kind of, I, it, I'm conflicted in this because it's kind of misleading in a in a good way for the general public as far as their confidence and these kind of things are concerned because it, lately it's been pretty good news. But uh, take this, for example. Interest rates spiked a bit um, from May to June. Um, they, they've gone up through July. Um, August is already proving to be more of the same. Some folks think it's going back down. I'm not... Uh, I'm not. I'm no longer one of them. In that interest rate world, that initial pop of about a point in interest rate uh, really knocked a lot of marginal buyers out. So one of the first things that we see here is um, pending home sales will first start to reflect maybe a little bit of a slowdown, and then a couple months into it, maybe two to three months later, we'd see that. Um, that the actual sales themselves are now showing a little bit of change in the market. As it compares to the pace at which they're selling or the value at which they're selling and they're comparing to a year ago, it really won't be when you look at June of 2012 versus June of 2013, uh, values are up. 
Um, volume in most places is is not necessarily up because there's less for sale now than there was before. Um, but it, it paints kind of a rosy picture. And if, if you track what my logic is, um, you're not going to actually know that this that the real estate market is kind of turning like that on the year over year until you've got a year after the rates <laughs> went up by uh, percent. Right. And so kind of frustrating that um, it's not a great tell. Um, I We've heard from a lot of people that the market has kind of cooled off just a little bit in the last month or two. It sounds like it's by most people, it's relatively welcome. But it's kind of been a wild little ride. And my point is getting information that is only part of it or three to six to 12 months old in the way that it's being compared uh, doesn't really help much. And furthermore, we seem to bring this up all the time, but real estate is local. It really matters what's happening here in town, not what's happening on the bigger trend. I accessed some notes that I had on the show last week about foreclosures, and I'm sure you're familiar with CoreLogic. They're another aggregator of information. Um, they show that foreclosures fell by nearly 20% from June of 2012 to June of 2013. Well, 20%, that's a pretty good decrease. Uh, I don't really have a problem with that. However, uh, what's interesting about it is it, that's kind of out of context, though. Well, what's 20%? Now, now, my nature, you got to tell me what's normal. What was it last June? And what is it this June so that I can kind of track along with what your 20% number is? And you dig a little bit further into it. And of 2012, there was 68,000 in the month. And of 2013, 55,000. Um, a little bit more context. Now we kind of need to know what's normal um, in the uh, June of 2007, which is right about where I think the average guy on the street knew that real estate was a problem. Um, there was 21,000 per month. So there's a, there's a kind of a metric. It seems like we're probably still double the norm. Um that's great if I was buying house stock in America, but aren't I going to be buying house stock here in, in Slow County? And now I need to know what do we have foreclosure-wise and short sale-wise, and, and how has it related here? Yeah, and it, it's not just at a county level, because that's usually what all you'll get you know, uh, with these other statistics companies, is they'll do Slow County if, if at best. Maybe it's state of California. But you really want to, you know, we have so many different, you know, markets here you know the north coast and city of san luis and right. south county and north you know so north well county. there's even a handful of different mls's too yeah there's there's yeah there's seven or eight associations on the central coast all kind of joined together as this central coast regional mls but you know as far as you know seeing what's going on in, in different cities you really got to look at the statistics for those cities um, to see kind of, you know, what's going different in Rio Grande than what's going on in Morro Bay. And so you're getting your information from our regional MLS, basically. Yes, yes. And so this is, and just to kind of, I think, maybe help to clarify or pull it together for the, for the non-industry folks that are listening to the conversation, um, so much more detail. All of the detail there, I mean, I... I 
know now that most agents are beginning to input or, or have, I don't want to say beginning to, have done a pretty good job of integrating in to the notes. There's fields now about whether it's a short, a short sale or a bank owned. Um, you can get a lot more information out of a listing today, I think, than, than ever before. Um, there's kind of still two versions. There's like the, the realtor version where you're going to get more of the agent detail versus on the consumer side, they kind of strip out stuff to protect the current owner or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's not really that much different. Um, as far as, first of all, you're saying that there's more information available. It's really not more. Um, the same fields have been asked for before, but it's just that the MLS systems have got a little bit um, better in making sure that agents are filling in those fields. So they won't let you enter a listing into it if you have if you if you have blanks in certain fields, so required okay. fields. So it helped the data integrity um, by just putting those checks in there um, and stuff. But um, and um, as far as what's not displayed, there's some confidential information, you know, showing instructions, the commission being offered. Um, and really that's and an agent comments in there, you know, to agent agent comments. That's really the uh, I'm trying to think of what else there is, but pretty much Not everything, much else. Yeah, much every everything else is out there and and available to be displayed um, if if an agent so chooses to. So. Sure. Okay. So let me jump in on the uh, yeah. stump the Jason and kind of talk about where where the market is in 2013, and also just to mention too on on Slow County Homes, you'll you can go and see my statistics tool. This is the interactive tool that has hundreds of graphs in this kind of, you know, cool little uh, uh, flash-based um, interactive tool that makes it quick uh, to, for you to display the, the information. But we also um, added, we, we uh, uh, did a whole um, revision of the site, actually, uh, late Thursday night it went up. And um, along with the new look, there's also, um, we added what's called market indicators, what we're calling market indicators. And this is just a nice visual way of seeing the trends uh, between 2012, the average of, of statistical information for that full year, and then I compare it to 2013, you know, year to date. So the information up there right now is through July. So I don't like doing those month to month, you know, year to year comparisons because especially around here, when you're looking at a city and looking at statistics, you know, the samples isn't that high for a lot of cities. So there's a lot of fluctuation in the month to month. Um, statistics, but if you lump them into a yearly, you kind of start seeing more of the trends that are that are going on. So, with that, let me just jump in and, and see how well you know the market. All right, all right. So, um, first question for you: In um, what slow county city had the largest foreclosure percentage in a year? So, what the high water mark on foreclosures happened in what city? In all of slow county. Yes. Oh. I'm going to go with Pat Robles. Actually, Oceano. Dang. Had um, 60 per, 63% um, foreclosures in 2009. And uh, Tascadero had 54% in 2011. Templeton is 54% in 2010. And Paso with 53% in 2009. Now, if you go outside of our county and you include Santa Maria in there, um, which is an interesting one to watch uh, for me, how they're doing, um, their high watermark on foreclosures was 77%. 
in uh, 2008. Wow. So they were really hefty up there hey, with well, the foreclosures. They they got in on the foreclosure thing pretty quick. It spread like wildfire yep. and kind of it seemed like got it like ramped up and rolling again pretty quick, right? Yeah, it's it's Santa Maria was was uh tracked a lot like um other cities that I, I look at in Southern California. Um, you know, Slow County, we were kind of behind the curve as as the foreclosure ramp ups went up. Um, but Santa Maria is more like what other uh, uh, cities in Southern California were, were experiencing. So, um, all right, next one. Which, uh, what Slow County City has the largest foreclosure percentage this year through July, the yearly average through July? Oh, boy. Um, let's go Oceano. Now, this one is Tascadero, <laughs> Dang. but it's 23%. So right there shows you the high watermark. This year, foreclosure, uh, the mix has really, really dropped. That's the headlines for this year, what's going on in the market. We're seeing a real big drop in the, num- the percentage of foreclosures and the solds this year compared to any other year. Um, so 23% for Tascadero, and then Grover, Los Osos, Oceano. Um, or at 21%. And even Santa Maria. Santa Maria um, this year is at 37%. And this is the first year that Santa Maria has had more non-foreclosures as solds um, since um, 2007. So wow. it definitely is turning from the um, foreclosure percentage. And again, I think that's the big headline that you don't read anywhere on, on anybody that's doing the statistics when they comment about how the market's doing, talking about the foreclosure mix mm-hmm. on there. So, can I ask um, you? Do you have anything uh, for like Fresno, where the unemployment's really high? Uh, I don't have Fresno. I, I do. Um, I do have a. I belong to the statewide MLS as well, so I get uh, all the data from Southern California. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you go on my site with these market indicators, you'll see other areas drop down. And right now, I've added um, Chico, which is the the uh, kind of an island up there as far as the statewide MLS. The Chico information and then Ventura. Mm-hmm. I put on um, the L.A., the the coastal cities like Malibu and Redondo Beach and stuff, and then also Palm Springs. But I'll be adding other ones um, mm-hmm. to that list as well. So you can kind of mm-hmm. you know look at other areas to see kind of how their trends are and mm-hmm. kind of see if that's relating anything back to what – may happen here yeah i'm just kind of wondering how much the ha- unemployment rate goes hand in hand with it and, yeah yeah that yeah. one uh fresno is uh set that uh, uh data everybody's you know associations are kind of protect their own data and you got to be members and, and stuff to grab it but um mm-hmm. um but i do have those other ones for southern california up right now so you can kind of take a look and see what's what's going on in those cities so um let's see here next question what slow county city has the smallest foreclosure percentage this year? Got to be San Luis Obispo. Ding, 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 ding. I got one. <laughs> I got one. Yeah, it's um, the city of San Luis this year is is has an average of seven percent of uh, uh, foreclosures, but really the trend um, is going down. If you go to my uh, uh, interactive uh, stats tool and you click on the um, YTD tab on the top, that will give you the monthly stats and and you'll see on pretty much every city the foreclosures have been going down since the beginning of the year so i'm curious um would you and and may maybe coming from some of the data you have or not are foreclosures going down because less people are going delinquent because property values are returning or because the banks are getting better at short sales 
Um, I think it's it's. I don't. I don't know. I don't. You know. Have I don't seen, know the answer. You have <laughs> you seen an increase in short sale uh, as a percentage since, let's say, like I mean, we saw in your metrics a minute ago, oh seven, oh eight, oh nine. You could kind of see some big spikes in foreclosures. If we is there a way to to do an easy search on the site that just shows the short sales per year and whether those are trending up or down? Yeah, you can. The interactive tool is great because it's it's the green color is is non foreclosures the yellow is short sales and the blue is reo so okay. at a glance you can see how big those bars are in those particular areas we're seeing foreclosures both reos and short sales drop um, in all areas um, reos are dropping at a higher percentage so i wouldn't say that short sales are increasing or anything they're dropping maybe in some cities they're not as dropping as a percentage um, as fast as reos it seems like reos are the ones that are are really starting to disappear and, and maybe part of that is you know um, um, yeah maybe maybe there's been some uh, uh, increase of the home values that people aren't over uh, you know, underwater anymore with their mortgage and they're backing out of the short sale or something like that. But I, I don't have enough data to, to really pinpoint, you know, why these things are happening and if it's going to sustain like this. I mean, it, the, you know, we can um, possibly start seeing those color bars start grow in the future. It's a, it's an unknown. That's what is nice when I look at the statistics after we update it, I kind of am excited to kind of say, okay, are we, you know, what trends are we, sure. are we happening on, on this month? And as you mentioned too, you know, the, the, the mortgage rates going up, the percentage increase and, and stuff. I mean, that's a, uh, affects about a 10, 11% um, price of what someone can afford. So you would expect if this is a perfect world and a perfect science with uh, uh, local real estate that if the interest rates jump from three and a half to four and a half percent, you should see home prices drop 10 and 11 percent. Right. And if they don't, then, you know, then there's other factors. Behind yeah. It that are to really me, driving up the price. to me, it's hard to um, it's hard to come all the way around this idea of. There was eight people that showed up to write offers on that house at three and a half percent, and now at four and a half. Um, let's hope there's at least one that still yeah. sees it worth <laughs> its its true value or its you know recent perceived value. Maybe yeah. we should say. And as long as there's one and maybe two, then we're okay. Yeah. If no one shows up, that ten percent has to come out to bring those eight buyers back. Um, Keith, we do have to do the uh, other commercial break here. Am I right about this, Jim? Is it break time? It sure is. Okay. Yes. So let's do a quick break. We get back. We'll keep going on this. I love it. Um, this is good stuff here. And then uh, and we'll conclude this first hour here. So stick with us for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. You wouldn't hike Mount Everest without a Sherpa, and you shouldn't endure the loan process without one either. At Central Coast Lending, we take the confusion, stress, and anxiety out of your loan transaction. Our experienced team of loan officers will serve as your guides, your experts, your mortgage Sherpas. Let the Central Coast Lending mortgage Sherpas lighten your load. Call Central Coast Lending today at 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. 
called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to CentralCoastLending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Welcome back. Thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Got about 10 more minutes of this segment. I hoped to uh, be able to power through all this and and give Keith his uh, walking papers here at the 11 o'clock hour. But I think we're going to try to stick it through for a second segment here and get you for the whole next hour. So uh, lots yet to talk about. Um, if you're just joining us, we are talking. Um, Keith's been quizzing me. I think so far I have a solid F in my <laughs> knowledge of the uh, I, I'm one, what, one for three, one for four. I'm one for four so far. Uh, on stats about the uh, foreclosure and that kind of thing going on around the around the town here, so I'm going to get up to snuff. I'm going to have to study up more on the site. <laughs> uh, believe me, if you study on it, it, it next month it's it could changing. change. So yeah. um, don't don't spend too much time on, on doing that. So. All right, all right. So let, let me give you one that's uh, you know this one reminds me a little bit of Price is Right where you're able to to you know that game they have where you move the thing around the price around to four items and you go buzz right in to see you know if you, how many of them you got right and stuff. So um, I'm going to give you four choices on uh, and these choices are uh, increases in medium home prices this year in Slow County for um, st uh, stick built homes and then you need to put the uh, percentage, the increase to the, the type it is, meaning the type is it REO, medium home price, is it short sale, medium home price, is it non-foreclosure, medium home price, or is it the all category? So the four figures or the four percentage that I have is, one is 0% or no gain, a flat um, growth. Next one is 8%. Next one is 11.9% increase. And the last is 18.7%. So which uh, values do you associate with each of the, uh, of the four types of, of medium home prices? So let's start with the, the flat no gain. What medium home price do you think, um, be it from non-foreclosures, REO, short sales, and the all, uh, is flat this year? And this is for the city or the county? This is county, stick-built homes, 
2013 through July um, of this year. So no increase over last year? Yes. And foreclosures was one of my options? REOs, short sales, um, non-foreclosures, and then all of them together. Um, whoa. Man, that's a <laughs> tough one. Uh, I want to go with uh, which one of them is flat. Which and one has out of this grown? list, which one of these has not grown? I want to say all of them together. Okay, so let's take the uh, the next one, eight percent, and that has had an eight percent growth. Medium home price increase this year compared to last year. Last year, full last year, two thousand twelve versus seven months of this year. Boy, we're gonna we're just hanging me out here. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Traditional sales. So non-foreclosures. Non-foreclosures, yeah. And then 11.9%. Increase? Yep. Oh, I'm off now. I want to use, I want to change all my answers. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, I My gut tells me... So you you correlate my answers to what I'll tell you. Here, here's my gut. My gut tells me that we've seen an increase in traditional sales. Um a decrease in foreclosures, probably no net change in um, short sales. And does that round out the answers? And then it all so all together. Yeah, you're you're uh, you're right on the short sales. So hey, hey, there we go. <laughs> ding ding ding. One correct. Um, yeah, short sale medium home price is flat. So that hasn't increased. I mean, there was a negligible uh, increase on that. And then non-foreclosures have increased um, 8%. Okay. The all category has increased 11.9%. And REOs, um, which is was a surprising thing for me, um, actually have the median home price for REOs has jumped 18.7%. Really? Yeah, I think it's – I don't know if there's – it's because there's um, – you know the REOs are higher prices that are out there. You know some of the uh, the higher priced homes are the ones that are one of the remaining REOs. Or if you know the craze is kind of hit with REOs that you know when one comes to market, people think it's such a great value and they're getting uh, bid up. Sure. So um, not sure which which is causing that, but we it's uh, it is a, a kind of surprising to see such a jump in the uh, uh, the foreclosure medium home yeah. price. Is it? Is it also, though, a function of um, kind of a limited sampling? Or is it, I mean, is there enough numbers in this to really draw out the trend? For example, like every now and again, I hear about um, foreclosures in Cayucos have tripled. <laughs> and that's right. because there was none last month and three this month. <laughs> right, right. That's hard. That's a hard stat to track. Yeah, this this one was countywide. So... so you know, it, it's your you could start a little seeing bit some of a buffer. Trend. Yeah, 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 and and also comparing to 2013, we're, we're seven months into it um, with the stats. So you know, if this was January and and I was saying hey, it's compared 2013 uh, average with one month of data, then yeah. it may be a little bit uh, tough to see what the, the trend is. But I think it's it's with seven months, it's a pretty good indication, especially at the county level of of what's happening out there in the market right now. Um, so the next one is a multiple choice. In 
2012, the average days on market for a non-foreclosure, this is stick-built home in Slow County, um, was 106 days. Um, what is the days on market average in 2013 through July? Is it 105, 95 days, 85 days, or 65 days? I got to go 65. Ding, 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 ding. Because my gut said it was somewhere around 50. So that was as close as we could get. All yeah. right, I got one. So I think that's, uh, and if you look at um, uh, just the market indicators, which is great, this gives you a, a nice page of all the cities, uh, just the, the inventory levels and stuff. I mean, days of market have really dropped, not only around in Slow County, but I'm seeing that state, you know, Southern California, the other data that I have is, is the days on market have really, really dropped this year. Um, by as much as, as half of the amount of days properties are staying yeah. on the market. And then the last question, and this kind of is a little bit uh, off topic on the um, actual you know, home data, but it's data relative to the, to the real estate market. Um, what percentage of agents on the Central Coast um, had zero sales in 2012? I got a... I gotta, um... An expense of insulting or sounding insulting, I'm going to just say uh, 80%. Wow. <laughs> Actually, it's 44%. Well but, I'm, <laughs> well, but I'm, okay, maybe we need to clarify then. How many real, how many people have, are you said active though? I don't know. It's Because I'm just trying to count like, I mean, I, my dentist has a real estate license, and he's not attempting to transact. So yeah, these these are ones that are active members in the okay. MLS. So you know, it, this is a tough market. If people get into real estate, think ah, you know, no problem. I'll go in and sell a couple homes a month and make all this money Piece and such. Um, it's a tough it's a tough industry and stuff. So you know, to to be a member of um, the the realtor association, there's dues you have to pay yearly, and then if you want access to the MLS, your quarterly dues on that. So you're talking over a thousand bucks a year um, just to be a member and 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 have that MLS access. So on the Central Coast, and this this counts from anywhere from Solvang up to Paso and and um, um, uh, you know So County and and the other a couple other associations down Central Coast. There's about three thousand members right now, and you know so. 44% of those didn't sell anything last year. So they're just paying their dues and didn't make anything on, on it. But even beyond that, um, you know, when you look at how much money you need to make to, to you know, really bring an income in, you know, there was a, a, uh, uh, a real estate conference up in um, San Francisco. Um, whoop, maybe we cover this after the break. Yeah, let's go ahead and, and get prepped for the break. Hey, guys, when we get back, I want to invite you guys to call. Um, call in and ask a question of Keith. We'd love to hear from you. The number is 543-8830, 543-8830. we back after a short few minutes here. We're going to have another segment of Mortgage Matters. We do hope you'll stick around. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, y'all. Welcome back. 
you are listening to Mortgage Matters. We banged out the whole first hour, and it was so effortless that we're gonna we're gonna see if we can leg this conversation into the second hour here. So, a uh, couple things. Number one, I already warned Keith that his relevance as a guest and success as a radio personality <laughs> will be fully judged by the amount of phone calls that we get. So, yes, and I hear we need to have at least twelve. <laughs> 12 is like 12 is uh that's well okay how about two i call that mac daddy level (laughs) if you get 12 you're the radio you're the saturday morning mac daddy that's a big day right jim 12 is a big day that's a big day um a couple of phone calls represents a couple thousand listeners if i understand correctly all right so Um, my wife is listening i need you to get on the phone and (laughs) call it yeah use your many different voices use one of the other voices yeah different name um that's funny when we first started doing the show we uh we did plant callers um and and not to be deceiving or whatever but just like wouldn't it be great if somebody called and asked this question and then we'd go, Oh, that would be great. And then finally we go, you know, we should ask somebody to call and ask that question. And, um, but it's fun though, is once people begin to, to get in the spirit of calling, they realize it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, and, and everybody at home listening, if you're trying to get up the gumption to call and, uh, don't worry about it. The, Radio has so much anonymity to a call-in if you uh, decide that you, in the middle of it, have made a terrible decision. You could just hang up the phone and no one's going to know it was you. Um, so anyway, the number to the studio is 543-8830, 543-8830. For the faint of heart, you can call and just ask Jim the question. He'll type it on the teleprompter and you won't have to go live on the air. Um, others of you may want 15 minutes of fame. So, Keith, we were uh, we had just made it through the segment here on Stump Me. Um, congratulations, you did a fine job on stumping me. <laughs> I think I uh, I think I got a, a solid um, F, but you know, I in in my defense, I'm not super keyed into all the real estate stuff around. Um, it does help me to be informed and kind of understand the trends and these kinds of things. Uh, I, I enjoy um, just having this as a tool. Sometimes it, it is fun for me. I will geek out and pull up your site and just kind of look at the different percentages and what's going on month over month. And it's amazing to me how far we can drill down to any one specific area too. Great. If you want to learn just about a condo or if you're in the market for only homes, these kinds of things, uh, pretty fascinating how, how good you've done at creating an organized way of uh, getting to this data. This is pretty great. Well, uh, I appreciate it. It's, it, you know, it's, it's uh, the tool that uh, we were able to develop with interactive. I was, I was just thrilled when I, I found that technology cause it's, I used to do it manually. I used to go and, and download the data each month and put it in an Excel spreadsheet and calculate the information manually and then put it into a, an Excel graph and, and post those on the website. A lot you know, of work. Oh, my God. It was like two days a month I had to set aside and, and you know to come up with just a fraction of the data that I'm able to offer in this interactive tool. I mean, there's literally hundreds of different graphs in that in that we update every month. Yeah, that's so. awesome. 
All right. Well, um, looking for your phone calls, 543-8830, 543-8830. going to go ahead and take a phone call from Pete here in San Luis. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hello. Um, I just clicked in, so I'm not sure your subject, but I'm curious about uh, trends over the next six months or so for buying and selling, oh, mostly uh, residential properties. And don't if you have any comment on that. Okay. Yeah, if you um, may, I don't know if you've been to my site, slowcountyhomes.com, um, but if you go there, you'll see um, a lot of statistical information. Just go to the homepage and click on uh, market statistics up on the uh, top menu, and you'll be able to either look at our new market uh, indicators, which give you a quick visual um, with like these little up arrows, green and, and down arrows red uh, of, of what's happening in each city's for four uh, different types of statistics that we track. Um, and then you can use the interactive dashboards, which will give you um, more detail and be able to see the trends that are happening either on a, on a yearly basis, um, looking at last year versus this year or previous years, or you can drill down and see monthly. So you should be able to get a pretty good idea um, by looking at that to see where the trends are uh, headed. And as we mentioned earlier on, you know, the big news is the foreclosure percentage is uh, in cities um, is going down and that's good because you don't good for uh, sellers since you don't really have um, as many of those lower priced comps coming into the equation that kind of keeps the the prices in a neighborhood down and we're starting to see the appreciation of non-foreclosures um, going up so you know the trends are definitely looking like it's going up the question is is you know with the mortgage rates there's so many factors right now it's it's kind of a, an eggshell type market one one event could turn this thing going the other way and it's really hard to predict if and when that will happen but at least by by looking at the statistics um you can kind of see where the trends are going and um kind of compare that with the previous years to see if uh now's the right time for you to to make that plunge Great. How, um, what about surrounding areas from, like, Santa Maria swinging through Bakersfield and then to San Miguel? Well, San Miguel's in our county, I think, or is that Monterey? Yeah. Uh, I think San Miguel's in, yeah, in our county. I'm wondering about, and do you think your forecast, either your, your, your um, statistics are consistent with other neighboring counties? Um, More or less? Well, I mean, every every county is is different. I mean, that's that's the the thing yeah. with with uh, real estate. I mean, it really is local. So, what you're seeing in Santa Maria is not what's happening in any city in Slow County. Um, but um, you know, I, I have added the indicators, uh, market indicators for other areas. I'll be adding more. But right now, you can look at Ventura and and some of the LA areas to kind of see if the trends that are happening in Slow County are what they're seeing in, in other areas too to kind of make a determination you know okay maybe maybe it's, it's tracking like the rest of the areas and this is maybe what's going to be like in six months cool yeah thank you very much i'll look at your site great thanks for calling in uh, all right thanks so much number for calls 543-8830 543-8830 let's take another call here from victoria and los osos good morning welcome to mortgage matters yeah hi hi yeah i'm listening to your show for the first time oh and, cool um i have first i want to know your internet site 
It's uh, slowcountyhomes.com. Okay. And uh, my daughter and her husband, um, Slow County what? I'm sorry. Slow County Homes. Okay. .com. Thank you. And where does Keith work? What real estate company? Uh, Patterson Realty. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. Um, my daughter and her husband and I want to buy a house together. We, um, my daughter and her husband own a house, and I own a house. I own a house in Los Osos. They own a house in Guadalupe. But we want to get a house where we can have separate living quarters, sort of separate, maybe a, maybe a um, kitchen that's, uh, you know, for both of us. Uh, any suggestions on how to start? Because we, we, my house is uh, paid for right outright. Their house is underwater. Um, as far as starting to, to find it or how to yeah. do that? Yeah, how, how do we start looking and where where would you suggest we, how would we go about getting a loan like that? Because they're in, they're in uh, Santa Barbara County, I'm in Los, San Luis County. Well, as far as um, searching for this uh, the type of house, if you go to my site, um, there's a search menu that's um, about a, a couple inches from the top. There's a top menu and then there's a, a uh, home search menu and if you go under specialty properties there'll be a, uh, a drop down menu and it, one of them will be with granny units um, so actually you can just do a search on houses that have granny units to kind of get an idea of what's available um, as far as the loan perspective maybe I'll defer over to, to Jason here on yeah Victoria I'm the loan expert of the group here um, lending wise you know really what you guys got to do is just both you know got to do an application so that we can get a good understanding of um, where you are in in terms of your household currently and then also um, your daughter and son-in-law and in what they're at in being underwater is not a disqualifier that's actually can be okay if you guys propose to buy a new primary residence together, there's some different rules about uh, whether a house has to be sold or whether you could use rental income to offset the payment of the house they leave behind in Guadalupe. There's a lot of different things that go into it that are very unique to your situation. So really, we got to get through the entire pre-qualification process. Um, it's not hard to do, um, and most of the work falls in my lap. Um, if you're so inclined, and for anybody else that's out there listening, the best thing that you can do when you're getting ready to buy or wanting to have a conversation about whether or not you could afford to refinance or, or any of these objectives, the best thing that you can do is um, to fill out an application on our website. Uh, there's a spot on there where you can indicate whether or not you want your credit run. If you're uncomfortable with that, just say no. Everything about it is perfectly secure. Uh, when we get your information, that automatically puts it into the system where we can uh, run all the math and formulas and figure all this stuff out. And at that point, we could schedule a meeting to all get together and talk about the ins and outs of uh, the transaction itself. And your website is? CentralCoastLending.com. Um, so yeah, make your way over to centralcoastlending.com. And let me just also give you the phone number, Victoria. Um, you can reach me this week at the office. My number is 543-5626. Be happy to help you guys, um, figure out what's possible. Okay. Thank you so much. I Thank really appreciate your show. I'll have to tune in more often. Awesome. Every Saturday from 10 to noon. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. All right. Next, uh, 
let me let me just give the number again. Seems to be working all right. Um, Keith has made it from mediocre here to uh, acceptable. Five four three eight eight three zero is the number here to the studio. If you want to call in and ask a question, get a little advice, I got an expert here for you. Five four three eight eight three zero. I have another phone call here to take Kathy from Morro Bay. Good morning. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I'm on the road right now, so if I cut out, uh, I apologize. Okay. I'll try to I'll try to make it brief. Um, in 2006, um, I got a uh, arm, uh, refinance. I got an arm and uh, was planning on selling. Well, couldn't do that. Um, and lo and behold, my arm just changed to 3.1 percent. Yep. Which is a huge windfall for us because yep. we were paying interest only. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I'm tracking. Okay, great. And then, of course, immediately after that happened, I got an overnight mail from my bank that I absolutely can't stand, um, that they want to work with me and help me out. And I'm worried that if I do that, they're gonna, my interest rate's actually going to go up. My question is, what are going to – and I had some hardships in the past, and I tried to do a loan mod, and they lost my file after a year of all this BS. I went down the MERS loans and all that stuff. So – how do I, who do I go to to get my loan locked in at 3.1%? Okay, so first and foremost, um, your adjustable rate loan is probably going to be at that level for some period of time, though I don't necessarily agree that it's great to leave it in that state. Um, if you were to just do a refinance, um, just straight up refinance today, you could yeah. get a new five-year arm for probably about the same interest rate. If you wanted to get a 30-year fix, you're going to be looking at an interest rate above 4% um, right. almost for sure, unless you were paying a ton of fees. Um, I, I have another idea for you though. Um, and it is to perhaps try the loan modification again. And, and I, I know that you're probably cringing as soon as I say that because of how it's been in the past with lost packages and, um, getting answers from somebody on a Monday that on Tuesday, they say we would never say that nobody would ever say that all of these kinds of things. Um, yep. Last year, they passed the Homeowner's Bill of Rights, which means that you'll be working with a single individual at the bank who has accountability and responsibility for your file. Um, it's supposed to have really mainlined the process in which you're going to go through to get a loan modification. Got it. I can't really imagine somebody giving you a 30-year fix for 3 and an eighth percent or locking that in for the long haul. Um, uh, however, if you do an adequate job of um, doing all the paperwork and demonstrate a need, some of the loan modifications that they do um, yeah. are a step program where they may offer yeah. you 3% for a year or a number of years and then 4% for a year or a number of years. Um, and then, you know, somewhere around four and a half or five is where it becomes fixed for a good period of time. The point right. is they try to gradually give you some predictability and affordability to how you're going to ease into paying the higher rate. Um, right. If you guys wanted to um, just get some counsel as far as uh, what the loan options look like today, I'd be happy to sit down with you and show you what they are. It, to me, cool. the other thing I just want to take this opportunity to share with you and anybody else that's in the same position, so many times people believe that going back to the bank that currently has their loan 
um, is going to give them some kind of an upper hand, like they're afraid of losing the interest or afraid of losing the business or whatever. Um, right. It couldn't be more false. The fact is, when you go right back to them, they recognize you as a captive audience um, yeah. and generally are not competitive and not giving um, any kind of special consideration or good deals. So my experience is it's always worth exploring. It's always good to know what your options are. Yeah. Um, and yeah. in that, it's good to reach out to somebody like us just to bring you up to speed on absent of all of that bias and bank nonsense and everything what your true options are and, and that's what we do every day so all right right, right. yeah i if think you... i called you way back when and uh as well and i try i like to get three i like to get three different opinions and then go from there you and me because, both yeah yeah because i'm still i don't want to get screwed over again. yeah and you know um as far as the the adjustable thing goes the other yeah. the other part of the counsel i would give you is it sounds like you got a five-year fix that's adjustable then after that the adjustable is always the index plus the margin and the the margin is usually about two and a quarter percent so the index that's at 0.9 or whatever right now is how right. you've arrived at your 3.125. The other yes. component to your adjustable rate mortgage now is that you have periodic and lifetime caps, okay? And your periodic cap means that each year on the anniversary of your loan, it can adjust. Right. So it's going to be fixed for one year each time it moves. and. Right. Each time it moves, it can only go up a maximum of 2% of the payment amount. So as as time goes on, there's some protection in here that, that's built in for you. It can't double next month or triple next month. You're not going to get Correct. clobbered by this. So Correct. I do think you have a little bit of time. The trick is you don't want to wait too long where... You know, today the 30-year fix is somewhere in the in the low fours. You don't want to mm -hmm. wait until it's in the low sevens to try to no. do something about no. this. That would be that's poor we were, planning. That's where we were just at. And so, yeah. yeah, there's no way. So I think that you probably do have a little bit of time, but um, mm -hmm. you should, again, circle the wagons, figure out what your options yeah. are, and see if you want to stay the course or make a change. Okay, great. great. Kathy, Thank thanks you. so much for the call. And uh, the uh, and to get in contact with you, the a number or the website. Yeah, it's simply five four three loan, which is five four three five six two six. Five four three loan. That's, That's right. Number. Yep. Alrighty. All right. Thanks, Thanks Kathy. Mm -hmm. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hey, congrats on getting that phone number. <laughs> you want to know what's funny about it? <laughs> it was. Uh, do you remember when Chase was at the corner of uh, Marsh and Santa Rosa? Okay. Blakesley and Blakesley is in that building now. Uh, at any rate, that was a Chase branch office, and they had that number procured forever. Uh, they tanked, and we called like immediately. We knew. So we called the phone company, <laughs> and in their switchover, because they just moved people into the branch, they negligently let the phone number go. And so we thought, how cool is this? And we we simply wanted it for marketing purposes, not for getting chase's phone calls right so what's funny though is that for a year or two after we got the number uh we get these people that would call up and they were irate uh getting the runaround so mad and can't believe that we could give this kind of service you know oh my goodness and and i at the first couple calls i was like i'm man i'm sorry and if you'll 
they demanded to talk to the manager and so I'm, and i'm like if you can just bear with me for just a second i'm totally lost let me figure out who your loan officer was and what your file was i'm just not used to having problems in my company and that's a this chase i can't i'll never do business with chase again and i'm like oh thank god no we have chase's phone number i assure you we are not chase so we got more calls like that than we never got a call from somebody wanting a chase loan that we were able to offer a loan to we got a lot of mad people a lot of people mad at chase for sure uh, but it has been sweet to be able to market that phone number. It's kind of simple and easy. Well, it sounds like maybe Chase uh, wanted to get rid of the phone number. You numbers. might be <laughs> right about that. Uh, you know, this number is maybe it was like the uh, the problem hotline. Yeah. <laughs> Call this number when you're irate. Oh, boy. Oh, man. All right. Well, that was pretty awesome to get interrupted with a few phone calls that um, sounds like people looking to transact business. And of course, that's what we're um, at the end of the day. That's really what we're both trying to help with. And um, it sounded like uh, at least the middle caller, having been the first time listener today, um, doesn't have a great context of what the show is and does here. But um the show is operated by myself and my business partner. We're the proprietors and operators of Central Coast Lending. Uh, we do residential home loans, um, really specializing in this local area, though we're licensed to lend in the entire state of California. Keith is the owner and operator of Slow County Homes, a real estate agent with Patterson Realty here in town, which is the number one independently owned firm. There's not much secret to it. Um, we have a pretty strong affiliation with these guys. Um, Wes Burke, who is the owner of Patterson Realty, is uh, one of my dearest friends in the world. And um, because of that, we've uh, been able to find a, a pretty good working relationship here, too. Um, there are a lot of fantastic realtors around um, at the different firms and different places all around the county. That's for sure. Um, we just trying to use this as a platform to give you guys an idea of the, the caliber of players that, uh, that you're listening to. Keith, you mentioned that in 2012, only 44% of realtors earned commission, right? Was that the 44% sold nothing? Sold nothing. Yeah. So 56% 56 sold at least, earned at least a penny. Hey, that's an F2. <laughs> by my eighth grade metrics 56 percent is not very good it's tricky the business is a tricky one it's hard to be a real estate agent and um i know because i watch a lot of people come up through the ranks and i see i get approached by a lot of people too that are maybe in the real estate side and probably part of that 44% metric that say, hey, yeah, the grass looks greener over there, and vice versa. I've seen loan officers that think, hey, that real estate gig looks pretty sweet. Yep. Um, it's really not. If the, if the grass looks greener on the other side, um, it's because you're willing it so. Both take an extreme amount of dedication and hard work uh, to differentiate yourself from the masses, that's just for sure. Uh, it's definitely, and, and you know, and it, it really the bar isn't that high to get your license. I mean, you you can do an all, online course and go take the test and stuff, but they don't teach you in in any of the uh, uh, courses to get your license about the industry. They don't teach you of of how to how to get clients and how to service them and and stuff like that. So. 
a lot of agents get their licenses and then they kind of like, okay, here I am. Why aren't people calling me or, or yeah. you know, and stuff? And aren't I in the directory? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, but but also, um, I started to mention there was a a real estate conference up in San Francisco last month, and there was an interesting thing that came from it. I think they brought in like 650 people as a panel of, of these are buyers and sellers, and what they found was that um, the majority of them didn't really understand how commissions worked. So they didn't understand how that breakdown. Everybody's heard the six percent, six percent, six percent, and you know it. It I didn't understand really how how it worked, even when I was was you know selling and, and buying when I was in the Bay Area before I got into real estate. So I thought I'd take a, just a couple minutes to kind of break down um, the, where the commissions go. Yeah. Uh, before you do this, let me tell you. I bought my house, I, I used Wes as my representation, and I bought my house in January uh, from a couple that hired an agent from San Diego on a flat fee basis to insert their property into the MLS, and uh, that was the deal. They were, they were oper- offering a less than normal cooperative commission to somebody bringing uh, a buyer. So it sounds like they got some reasonably good advice about that. Um, but what a mess. And, and I want to talk about that after you break down a little bit of this commission thing, because I think it's a really important part of the conversation. I'll, I'll preface this by saying I'm, I'm glad that we're going to have this brief little conversation here about this. Um, I'm horrified, mortified of uh, the liability that people take on when they try to sell a house themselves um, with no representation because the fees are just, you know, those realtors aren't worth anything. Um, The liability there is ridiculous. Uh, But anyway, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. So so let me just, um, so I just worked some figures here to kind of step through so you can kind of see, you know, what an agent makes at the end of the day. You know, after all the all the uh, uh, commission splits and stuff. So this is look. I, I actually um, uh, took an average of the commissions um, in last month's solds in July, just to kind of get a feel. You know, commissions are negotiable. I'm not saying anything here about you got to pay six percent, you got to pay five percent, whatever. Y- you negotiate that. But from an average perspective in Slow County, um, last month the average commission was two point six percent. Um, on a on a buyer side, and let me preface with that is in the MLS um, we see the, the offer from the listing brokerage on here's the cooperative commission that you will make if you bring the buyer um, to our listing. So agents don't know what the the commission is between the seller and the listing agent or brokerage. Could be six percent, could be five percent. Don't know. All we see is what's being offered to the buyer's agent. So, so there's two sides in the commission. There's the buyer's agent, and then there's the, the listing agent or listing brokerage. So um, for the buyer's side of it, 2.6% um, was the average in um, July of, of this, this year out of the 530 sold. So taking that, and let's just assume a $500,000 home purchase. So at that 2.6% commission um, is $13,000 is what the gross commission is that goes to the, the buyer agent's brokerage. Um, and 
if the um, if the brokerage is a franchise, meaning if it's um, uh, using some another corporation's name, meaning you know. Uh, Cobble Banker, Prudential, Century 21, ERA, Remax, Help You Sell. I mean, those are all national brands. And they're the, they franchised out, um, you know, that uh, in, for the use of that name, um, you, uh, the listing brokers or the brokerage, um, doesn't matter if it's listing or buyer, every transaction they do, they have to pay a franchise fee, a percentage, back to the parent company. Uh, and that's usually 6%. And then what most brokerages do is add another 2%, which they call an advertising fee, to, to promote the, the brand on TV. So now we're talking about 8% of the $13,000. Goes to some, some suits back on the East Coast. So, okay. um, so yeah, so in this example, it's 1000 40. And I and I did just a quick estimate. I, I for 2012, I kind of added up the the, um, um, the the franchise, the main you know the big company franchises in the area, and there was about 35 million dollars <clears throat> that went out of our local economy um, back to these parent companies oh, for boy. the use of the name. So, you know, wait, how much again? 35 million left. Slow County? Yes, and went back to pay the franchise and advertising. Holy fee. smokes. So, um, um, that's a lot of coin taken out of the local economy. Yeah, and, you know, so it's, it is. I mean, if you looked, uh, Tribune had a th- report yesterday the Slow Marathon brought in $3 million to the community, and, you know, the whole dispute about the uh, uh, ATVs in Oceano saying it's $170 million, you know, that brings into the local economy. Well, you know, if, if, uh, um, people wanted to keep the money local, you know, there's, there's a, uh, um, a reason to use an independent brokerage and, and, um, not have to pay that 8%, um, going back to, to, to the, uh, the parent company. So, um, so with that, then, then it becomes, we're at 11,960. And then what happens there is then there's the broker agent split, the brokerage agent. So to hang a license um, at a brokerage, you're an independent contractor, you're not an employee, um, and then you pay the brokerage a percentage of um, the commissions being earned on any transaction. And, you know, typically when you start in the uh, um, in the industry and, and you go to uh, brokerages that um, will take new agents and stuff, you may start out at a 50-50 split or a 55-45 split where the agent gets 55%. And, and then um, uh, some brokerages have steps in their commission plans that when you sell so much, then you pump up to 60%. And then you sell the next you know, uh, uh, mark, then you go up to 65% split and, and so forth and so on. Um, so in this example, I'm using a 70-30 split. So 70% goes to the agent, 30% uh, to, to the brokerage. So after that, now the agent's down to $8,372 for that $500,000 transaction. Um, and then from there, the agent has to pay their expenses. Sure. So, you know, I mentioned before, there's the, the realtor fees, yearly realtor fees and the MLS dues. Um, there's, you know, your gas of driving people around. And these are the, the uh, expenses of the uh, of the transactions you didn't get. So there's a lot of times where you're spending the time of driving people around or whatever, and they decide they're not ready or whatever, well, you still have to pay that expense. So there's that. There's, there's advertising fees. Um, 
which you know are, are pretty steep um, when you start looking at it. It's uh, even the run open house ads in the Tribune. You're, you talk about a hundred hundred bucks a pop if you want to do a full page ad in a real estate magazine. It's right seven hundred and fifty dollars for the one time. Um, if you advertise on Zillow or, or Trulia, an agent could be spending up to twelve, thirteen hundred bucks a month just right. to have their their picture on there. So expenses that have to come out of that at, as well, and your medical insurance, and then at the end of the game, uh, day, you're paying taxes on that income coming in. Um, so you know, really, if you look at that, and um, sounds like a, an agent needs to do probably two transactions a month to be well they have to if you want to earn say fifty thousand dollars in real estate um you're going to need um probably about three million dollars of sales a year um to be able to reach um, get at that level and that's if you don't have a lot of expenses and stuff um, on top of that so um and if you look at uh, you know how many agents are able to do that, and I and I ran those statistics. So, out of um, the three thousand agents here on the Central Coast, uh, four hundred twenty agents had over three million in sales in two thousand twelve. Wow! So a little bit like twelve percent of the agents out there are making fifty thousand dollars or more. Um, and now, so that's a pretty small percentage to yeah. me. Um, you know, when you look at the scheme of things, how everybody expects to get into real estate and start making these these big bucks. It's easy. Yeah, easy. Um, so well, at the same time, I think it lends itself a little bit to that conversation about um, whether or not a real estate agent is worth their commission and what they do for you. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, I, I even hate to say a lot of people, I've heard the sentiment before that uh real estate agent you know what do they do they drive you around and show you a house and if you like it they know how to fill out the eight page contract and then the work is done and of course to a realtor that's uh horribly offensive well i mean be, be honest that's what you get when there's a new agent right because they don't have any experience beyond that and you know and maybe it's their first contract so maybe this is the first time they're filling out that that contract um you know, it reminds me of a joke that uh, um, George Carlin did about, you know, in the in the U.S., there's the world's worst doctor and someone has an appointment with him tomorrow. Well, there's agents out there that don't know really a, about the industry <laughs> and such. And and, you know, how do you get your first business? You know, uh, most brokerages have what's called, you know, the up desk where it's kind of like a, a car or lot where you're, you know, you're, you're assigned in the office that anybody that calls in or anybody that walks in, that's your, your potential um, and stuff. So that's, that's how um, agents look for their first business or, or they go in and sit on open houses for another agent and stuff right. just to make the contacts or whatever. But, you know, really at the beginning of, of a career of, of, of real estate, um, since, you know, you don't really learn about all this stuff in the classes to get your license, you know, it's trial by fire. And, and unfortunately, you know, it's, it's the people that are, are not checking to see how much experience the agents have before they, you know, uh, choose to go with them are the ones that usually are frustrated at the end and then say, boy, that wasn't worth, you know, 
three percent or it wasn't worth the the money and, and right. stuff. So, but if you get an agent that's experienced, especially with this market, I mean, you can have an agent that's that's had his license for thirty years and have so little in the last five years. I wouldn't really call them experienced per se for this market. I would want somebody that you know has been selling and and is working with the, the new set of appraisers. That's that's working with you know the the other types of companies that are out there for for the home services. So, you know, I, and then also the key th other key thing is finding somebody that that negotiates well. Right. You know, if you have a good negotiator and you, you know, on the seller side that you're paying this commission, um, you know, you could uh, have an agent that really gains a lot of that back just in their negotiation skills. Right. So there's a lot of things that kind of go into a service of a realtor these days that you really need to look at over in the loan officer world. It comes down to uh, generally um, the barrier to entry is lowest at the bank level, and you can literally come in off the streets and and be an originator at a bank pretty quick. And that's where a lot of those greenhorns lie. Um, for us that are in the broker world, the the barrier to entry is a bit higher. Um, we don't have nifty little uh, draw schedules for like, you know, where you kind of borrow from your employer for a few months while you ramp up a pipeline and stuff. It Most of the time you got to either be pretty dynamic and hit the ground running or you've been in the business for a while and you're you're pretty accustomed to knowing how to, to work a good book of business and, yep. and make people happy, you yep. know. So I I'd kind of enjoy that. I can... I, I usually have pretty good confidence when somebody tells me that they're going to go rap with a bank about getting a loan and then they're going to come back and see me. I like to think that the the banker guy is going to pale in comparison, even just skill wise. And then in addition to that, we will beat them on the interest rate and closing costs. And so it's usually a good thing for us to see some of that competition um, it, it still kind of interests me though. I, I see a lot of folks come into my office that are involved in buying a house or they'll show up to get pre-qualified. And I say, well, do you have a realtor yet? Um, do you know who you're going to use? And they say, no, but you know, my sister's boyfriend's mom, um, she has a real estate license and I go, Oh, where does she work? Yeah, I don't really know. It's like, well, is she like full time <laughs> or? Um, no, she does nails and hair and then like, she can write up a real estate contract though. And I'm like, really? Uh, okay, well do what you want to do. I'm not going to lecture you about it, but today more than ever, uh, you should have a realtor that, um, has some battle wounds and, and knows what it's like to be in this market. And like we were talking earlier about your site, the way I felt so empowered when I use your site, I had so much knowledge and information about the market. And I, I felt like I knew price per square. I felt like somebody, my neighbor could say, I'm going to sell my house. And I said, Psh, that thing's going to sell for four thirty. you know, something like this. I, I felt like I really knew this stuff. Um, that's what happens when you're like you you're really just entrenched and you're just submersed in it and you can't get that when you're like a part-timer that hasn't drafted a deal in 12 months yep. or more you yep. know it's an interesting thing well 
we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and do the final break of the segment can you believe that we're running out of time when we get back we're gonna have just 15 minutes to go and there's still more things that i know that we want to cover so uh want to get back and talk a little bit about um probably gonna have to focus in on some more of these uh features of keith's website that i think you guys are just gonna want to hear about so that you know where these tools are uh use them for your benefit and and perhaps equally important to knowing how to do this stuff for yourself it's pretty great to be able to help your uh, a sibling or a or a child or a grandchild even to be able to say hey you're gonna buy a new house that's exciting go check this out you're gonna want to do these these things um, be able to give those sound referrals so that's what we're gonna help try to to finish up the show with we're going to help give you that information stick with us after this final break for the conclusion of mortgage matters to ask a question or make a comment call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832 mortgage matters on kvec news talk 920 we'll be back after these messages from our sponsors whether you're a first-time home buyer or a savvy real estate investor, there's no denying that now is a great time to buy. We pride ourselves in offering every loan program at the lowest interest rate and the lowest fees. FHA, VA, USDA, conventional, we do it all. Let Central Coast Lending do your next purchase. Your loan will close on time and on budget with no last-minute surprises. Call Central Coast Lending today at 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Welcome back to Mortgage Matters. We're just getting used to all the the new fancy intros, outros, music beds, when my mic's live and when it's not. Um... I, I've had Keith Bird on the show with me today. I doubt any of you guys are just tuning in. Um, I am assuming that there are literally thousands of people in San Luis County right now stuck in their driveway, not able to get out of their car. <laughs> <laughs> just need need to hear the end of the segment. Just need to see how it all comes together. Um, 
Keith, I, I invited you on the show today for a number of reasons. Um, and, and they're genuine. Uh, first and foremost, I just think that more people should be utilizing your site. It, the information is amazing for folks that want it. It's come so far. Um, so first, congratulations. You. you came to this industry more than 10 years ago because you saw um, what an opportunity there was to really to and, and I, I would venture to guess that it's gone farther now than you dreamt possible. Uh, definitely. Definitely. I, Which you know. is a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Um, so so first and foremost, um, bringing this resource to the people, I think, is just a great thing. Um, Dan and I have this whole culture in our business where we really believe that um, our local community will be better, um, just better for it, the savvier and more educated and, and participating um, that all of the local people are in these kinds of things. It just makes for a better consumer when you've got the, the information at your fingertips. Um, and secondly, uh, I love the blog. I've always liked the blog. We've, we've been guest bloggers on, um, on your site for years and, um, that too is also pretty cool. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, we've tried to get you on the show before and I'm not sure if you had a change of heart or maybe willing to, to kind of come and talk a little bit more about it. In the beginning, you had to be a little bit freaked out that the more you went out and talked about what you're doing and, and how it's working for you, that more people may begin to emulate what you're doing and perhaps gain market share too. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I think it's in any business that you don't want to let, let your golden nuggets uh, <laughs> out of the bag and stuff to have people do it. But, you know, really where I differentiate with, with other, um, agent sites and, and other actually uh, brokerage sites as well, um, is I do a lot of custom development on my tools. So you won't find these on any other site because right. we did them ourselves and stuff. So that's hard to, to really step in and, and try to duplicate. I mean, this is 11 years of an evolution of, of you know, how to present data and, and how to present home searches that are quick and easy that, you know, don't use a keyboard or don't require a keyboard to search, especially in this day and age of smartphones and tablets. You know, well, the, you know better than anyone, but um, the specialty properties thing, that's been a challenge. And to be able to just go click a drop down, uh, to be able to look for a granny flat or a duplex, these kinds of things uh, for a consumer, that's pretty great. The other thing too is um, the thing I like about your site is when you're looking for a property, you can look by area, price range, and property type and kind of hone in on exactly what you're looking for, not be having to sift through properties from San Miguel to Santa Maria, but really be able to, to efficiently navigate it. And, and you could do that on any site, but the, the problem is, is just the way that you get to that information. And, and typically every other site uses a form search that you have to go through and find the area where the defined stuff and it usually requires you you know the keyboard bringing that out of the, the you know the the keyboard tray to do it or or that virtual keyboard popping up on your ipad to do it and and really what i want to do is is with the site is provide something that's quick and easy you know that allows people to come in and and find new listings if they're looking on a daily basis a weekly basis or a monthly basis no matter where they are in their buying cycle or selling cycle make it easy for people to, to come in and, and actually grab um, 
um, and see the information. So I do time trials between my site and Realtor.com and Zillow and Trulia and stuff. So sites, uh, you know, are searches that um, it'll take eight or nine seconds on my site to get the results can take 24 seconds on Zillow, Trulia and Realtor.com. There's some searches that take over 30 seconds. So I figured if I can create some nice, quick, you know, easy access to the information people are looking for, hopefully people will keep on coming back and, and using my site. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time so rapidly. I really want to talk about your HDTV. The only other thing I was going to say about the site is that you're not just harvesting people's information to hound them and bother them and market them and beat them up. Um, it really is one of these, uh, the sites uh, may be the first uh, free lunch. <laughs> You can you can get there and use it without having to to sign up and do a whole bunch of yeah and it's been my um you know from the get go I, I didn't want a site where I, I forced a a form in front of you to be able to search for homes I mean some agents use their websites just to to get that point I mean they don't really have that much strength in their site so they count can't count on people keep on coming back and using it so those are the ones that usually will have a, a forms you know that pops up when you try to search on something that says hey give me your contact information and then you become a sales lead and you know instead of uh you know really focused on the providing the good uh home search experience you you get a salesperson that calls you um every other day right so i didn't i i wouldn't want that if i was searching for for homes and that's not something i implement on on my site either yep so what are you most excited about the website well you know we, we just put up the new redesign actually late thursday um and with that, we added the market indicators. So I think that's just a nice uh, uh, addition to the statistics piece. Um, if you click on the top, the where it says MLS-IDX search, uh, it comes to a page that doesn't look like the rest of the pages yet. It's it's a um, it's an all-in-one page that I developed for another site, but um, I have a new listing search widget on there that I plan to expand to add other criteria. And it's just to add another in the alternative way instead of using the drop-down menus for the search that allows you to choose multiple cities and a price range and, and duration of, of how long a, a property's been on the market to do a search. Um, so uh, I, uh, I'm excited about that, uh, adding that, especially for the world of smartphones and tablets. Um, but also I, I see a hole with, with the home search process where, you know, if you're a couple looking for a house or a family, you know, you go drive neighborhoods together and you talk about houses and you drive by and stuff. And, and then you get to a point where you go to open houses together and you talk about the house and stuff. And, and then when you're ready, you get an agent and they, they show you houses and you're there and you're talking about and discussing it. But the home search process has really been a more of an individual effort. It's usually one person, one, you know, well, uh, in, a, in the couple is, is the one that's primarily doing this home search and they're making a determination of what becomes a short list that they then present to their uh, significant other or, or whomever and, and stuff. So what I wanted to do was try to um, bring the home search into more of the living room where people can sit and look at new listings and talk about it and together and determine um, what, um, what houses they want to pursue. And, and I tried to get it up um, for this release, but um, of course, when I was copying over late, like 5 a.m. on Thursday, um, 
from the test server to the live server, something happens. So my programmer's working on it, but what we'll be offering probably within the next week is what we're calling HDTV Home Search. And it's just a, a way of being able to leverage these um, new technologies, uh, not really that new, but Apple TV, Apple has this thing called AirPlay, which allows you to broadcast what's on your computer to your big screen TV. And Google came out with um, their Google Chromecast um, about less than a month ago. It sold out in a day, a little $35 uh, device that plugs into your HDTV. So we um, want to be able to utilize that technology and provide a, a home search that when you search on it, it will bring up just the, the front um, or the, the main photo of a property and allows you just to slide through to the other properties. And if you want more details, you just click on the photo and then the basic information pops up as an overlay over that um, photo. And then if you really want to see the details or more pictures for that, then there's just a simple uh, uh, click that you do or a tap if you're using a, a phone or an iPad that will bring you the details. So now, you know, couples can sit and, you know, if, even during a commercial break, um, to be able to uh, see what's on the uh, new listings come up and talk between each other and say, yeah, I like this one or don't, and then save it to be able to look at um, uh, in, a, in the future. Okay. That's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, you know, I just think that's the missing piece right now with, with the home search is just bringing, you know, people together during this long phase of searching online rather than, again, having it done as an individual. Sure. Each of them kind of doing that on their own and – they're they're making a determination of what houses they don't want to look at rather than consulting with their uh, oh i remember um thinking that you know hey here's a house that i found yeah (laughs) and and am i just gonna get shot down for having been the one that found it versus you know my wife wants her find the needle in the haystack to be the one that we really are excited (laughs) about uh, just kind of fun stuff. Hey, Keith, if, if folks, um, you know, I, I recognize completely you want people to go check out slowcountyhomes.com. Of course, there's phone numbers on the top where people can get a, a hold of you and your team. Any other contact information that you care to share today? Um, I mean, it's it's just there's contact forms on the site if you want to shoot that. Uh, that that will come to me in email. And, and um, if you have any questions or suggestions about uh, any other type of information that you may be looking for, uh, please send it my way. I'm always looking to um, um, make it even improve the site. So. Thank you so much for taking your time to come on today. We didn't plan on spending two hours together, but it was it was nearly effortless. Well, thank you, Jason. I really appreciate the opportunity. Keith, thanks so much. Again, you guys, go check out slowcountyhomes.com. Uh, you'll be glad you did. It's a great little site. Visit us on the web. We're centralcoastlending.com, and you can call us this week for loan help at 543-LOAN, which is 543-5626. Have a great week.